Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, we've all been stuck. We've all strived to do better. We've all, I guess, got to the point where we're almost on the fringes of a burnout. The bottom line is, a lot of the time, we're just not as effective as we should be. But the trouble is, we don't always recognise that. The trouble is, we don't always know how to get unstuck. And that is the issue that we're going to define, challenge and conquer today. How you can get unstuck and how you can create a shift in perception that will allow you to become deeply, deeply effective. It's a really interesting topic. Right up my street, guys, you know me. I love this kind of shift in productivity, this shift in personality, personal development. So I'm really looking forward to digging into this. And joining me today is an author, a coach, and a man after my own heart, a podcast host who specializes in teaching high performers deep mindset shifts that allows them to unlock their true potential. So welcome to the show, Mr. Emmanuel, or to his friends, Manny Wolf. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great. Mark, I'm so glad. You have one of the finest voices for radio ever. I Honestly, it's just this <laughs> voice you could listen to in your ears for a long time. I'm, I'm envious of your voice, sir. Oh, well, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, that's, that's interesting that you say that because since I launched my podcast, I've gotten requests from literally every continent for uh, training in just that. Really? So I've been, yeah, I've been teaching people how to kind of, you know, make their voice the best it can be and, and how to bring like passion and persuasiveness and charisma across by using your voice. Well, how very, very interesting. So that's a very interesting byproduct of being a podcast host <laughs> as well, isn't it? It's one that I never could have possibly predicted because while it's true that I do have training as a singer and actor and a public speaker, I had never connected those dots prior to launching my show. And um, when people started asking me that, it was at first I was like, well, it's, I, it's just my voice. You know, I've just it's been with me all my life. But then I kind of realized, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've actually done a, a significant amount of work to be able to have the professional version of my voice. And uh, yeah, I've had great results working with some big names and um, really seeing a lot of progress with people. And it's interesting. It, it really ties nicely into the general concept of your show in the sense that we're here to talk about deep mindset stuff. And for a lot of people, the voice is it's like a roadmap for the things that you need to overcome. It's fascinating. It really is. It really is. We, we did a session with Robin Komodo, who's a, a just much like yourself, a trained actor, and we talked a, a briefly about this and some techniques, and it completely blew my mind. You know, the tiniest little things made such a difference, but not only to my physical voice, but to my own perception of my voice and how it could affect what I wanted to do, if that makes sense. And it was it kind of startled me that I had that power without really knowing it. So I, I honestly, I find this stuff so unbelievably fascinating. And actually, you, you mentioned a bit of your background there, obviously trained actor, trained dancer, trained singer. What do you do today? So you, it seems like you've got quite a varied 
set of skills, sir? What is it that you do and how do you help people? Well, so that's a great question. Um, and and I've actually been refining and focusing, you know, as much as I can, kind of stripping away the clutter, the um, the ancillary things that I could be doing. And so the 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 simplest way to put it is I now train uh, entrepreneurs and high performers how to deliver, whether it be on stage, behind the mic, in YouTube videos, which is very popular, of course, for us, uh, us in this space, I mean, and how to bring the most with what I think of as your secret weapon, which is your presentation skills and your voice. It's so overlooked, even in the world of podcasting. It's amazing to me. I could listen to, and, and you, you probably know this. I could pick any 10 podcasts at random and probably seven of them. This there, there'll be a person there whose whole methodology for connecting with other people is their voice. And they completely overlook it because we're so focused on content, 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 right? And one good friend of mine, she said to me when we were having a discussion about how important the voice is, she said, yeah, it's true. Your message, no matter how important it is, doesn't mean anything if nobody listens to it. You know, <laughs> I just thought that was so perfect because the difference between being able to really connect and really influence and open up sort of channels of uh, c uh, connection, I guess, with your voice or not being able to do that is like night and day. You know, the example that I give when I teach people is let's say somebody's really nasal and they're all talking up in their up in their nose like this. Who cares how good their content is? You want to smash them over the head with a chair. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so um, it is hugely important. It is like Especially for those of us in speaking, podcasting, any coaches, experts, authors, anything like that, your voice is part of your brand. And it's it's overlooked, underused, and it can change your perception in people's eyes rapidly and it can change it dramatically. Yeah, I, I, I found that myself when I was you know, moving into podcasting. And the big thing from my perspective was how to shift from my, my native accent, if you like, and my, especially the regional mm -hmm. dialect. And that, that was a real challenge. And instantly it made me, you, you said it in the pre-interview chatter, you know, the accent makes you sound a, a little bit smarter. And, and, you know, I'm genuinely not that smart. So it is, it makes such, <laughs> a, makes such a big, big difference. And I think, it, I think you're right. It's, it's most certainly in today's, day and age in the way that we trade and we do business it's so much so it's part of your brand i think that's so important and let's talk about how to get unstuck then so you know if people are let's you know, do it potentially i guess struggling with something in particular how do they know that they're stuck when people when you get to people when money walks through the door okay here i am i'm ready to help what situation are these people in when you begin to work with them what do they look like what's their situation so that's a great question. And I find that there's been sort of a range, a gamut, if you will, from people who have sort of a clamp down on, on significant issues. You know, it, typically, Mark, it's trauma. Typically, it's something that happened while they were young that they're carrying with them that has not only sort of influenced the way they think, you know, vis-a-vis -vis limiting behaviors and things like that and limiting beliefs, but it also affects the way that you speak. 
So there is a range from those people all the way up to the people who just need uh, some coaching and tweaking because they're confident, they're fairly solid. And the question was, how do I see that they're stuck and how do I get them unstuck? I'm going to dive into the deeper stuff because the, the more superficial stuff, the person that comes to me and literally just needs some some tweaking, that's that's really not as kind of a media subject or media an example. So let's take uh, one of my favorite clients who, who shall stay nameless. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, so in her case, I couldn't get her to be able to shift her voice back into her throat. And so that's a little bit like this. This is, this here is like a brighter voice and then you can bring it back into your throat. And this is what I call a darker voice. And the, the goal of course, is to be able to change between the two effortlessly. Now, some people can latch right on to that, but most people struggle with it. And in her case, every time she'd try to do that, it's sort of more like a sexy voice. It's more of a seductive voice. She'd wind up gently tapping her throat and her eyes would well up with tears. So that is a pretty good indication she was stuck. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so there's something going on here. Um, and so what we did was we just started exploring some of the, you know, some of the stuff from when she was a little girl that um, that had a, that had had a profound effect on her. And what we found out was simply put, she was raised to believe actually a lot like I was raised to believe, Mark, that she didn't have any fundamental value as a person. She was raised in a very abusive environment. And so. First, we saw because she couldn't move her voice fluidly from one part to another that she was stuck. Second, we discovered what the sticking point was, right, which was this sort of imprinted idea from her parents that while her brothers could go on and do anything they wanted, she was destined to be nothing more than a housewife all of her life. And now she's like this serial entrepreneur, you know, <laughs> she's she's definitely not stuck at a housewife, but she came to me with the question of how do I find my voice? And she meant that in the sort of metaphysical way. And <clears throat> so even though she was a serial entrepreneur, she kept doing all these things that would sabotage her. You know, she'd just throw up roadblock after roadblock. Well, we went backwards in time, like I said, and we kind of got to some of the, uh, the core moments. And, you know, there's a very simple but not easy system I use for, for the actual getting unstuck. But first we've got to find those moments, right? Those beliefs that you have. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So once we find those, <laughs> there is a, a methodology called cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive redirective therapy. Now I say therapy, but it's something you can do, you know, by yourself. And really it's as simple as identifying what you're telling yourself that's not true or that holds you back. Even if it is true, if it holds you back and you don't want it, you can still do this. And simply challenging those beliefs, those stories over and over again by using rational arguments and social proof from the outside world. In other words, like for me, myself, I was raised or not raised, but I grew up a very, very skinny kid, like really skinny. 
<laughs> I hear you there, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I was so insecure because of it. You know, it's like I got teased all the time. I got picked on. I had this whole, it was more than a story, Mark. It was a set of novels about how skinny I was. Well, when I was 28, I started going to the gym and uh, I put on 55 pounds of muscle. So no longer a skinny kid at all, right? And even to this day, I can walk by a mirror and still see the skinny kid. Now, it doesn't affect me anymore because I've, re, I've rewired the whole thing. I've reframed that whole belief. But it's funny how it's still in there. I can relate to that completely. I'm exactly the same, almost to the same age, Manny, to be honest, where I was <laughs> got to 28 and did the same thing. I don't know what, what it is in, uh, in, in pounds. What is it? It must be around the same, actually. I put on about 47, 48 pounds myself at, at age 28. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. the same thing, I walk past a mirror, or the, the worst ones are car windows. When you walk past a car window and see the reflection, you're like, who's the skinny kid there in the glasses? And, <laughs> isn't that freaky? Uh, it's so unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? And it, yeah, the yeah. perception's all wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, it, that's beautiful, Mark. The perception is all wrong. So getting unstuck, the first thing you have to know is we do have the ability to rewire those perceptions. And they show up in, you know, like, for instance, you and I seeing our reflection, but it's a it's a memory reflection. It's not a reflection of how we are right now. It shows up in stories that we tell ourselves. And here's the one. Okay, this is like if there was one leg of the stool that was more important than the other two, it would be this one. It shows up in emotions. Right. So even if I'm training someone to be a public speaker, I've got to address this stuff. Right. It's it, very few of us um, can make the transition from never having spoken before or done it and been terrified while doing it to really confident, dynamic, powerful speaker without going into some deep mindset stuff. And the, the deepest of the three is what I what I think of as images and emotions connected together. So. The same system I just outlined will work for that too, but those are the most insidious, you know, because they change our physiology. They change our state. When that negative emotion associated with that idea about ourselves shows up in our body, I mean, it's very likely that it'll roll our shoulders forward. It'll collapse our chests in, you know what I'm saying? It'll like change our state. It'll change our whole physiology. And we're not even aware of it because there's no sort of imposter syndrome dialogue to go with it. It's just a feeling and an image. So it kind of sneaks under the radar there. But even those, Mark, can be rewired through this idea of once you identify them, then you challenge them with rational arguments and social proof. Now, that sounds so simple, and I'm aware of how simple it sounds, but I'm here to tell you it works. It works and it works every time. You just have to stick with it. You have to allow it to do what it does. And it will think of a, an electrician rewiring a house, right? The, the bad wiring circuits will be disconnected and they will sort of reconnect in, in healthier, more positive ways in our minds. Is it that... Um when you, I guess when you come to work with someone, what I was going to say is, is it that simple? But that's a really naive question. What I was 
dig, trying to dig into with that question is when you start to work mm -hmm. with someone and when you present that idea to them, how do you mm -hmm. do that? How do you frame that in such a way that that notion that you've just really eloquently explained and actually becomes so clear and simple when you do explain it like that? When you face with someone who actually is going through this, obviously it's not that easy to them. How do you frame that? How do you help them see that it really can be done? Because I imagine that's a bit of a challenge. I think that's a great question. It is a challenge. And I have the sort of the virtue and the benefit in my, in my working with other people of being living proof. You know, I have rewired and, and, and reframed and done mindset shifting on just more garbage that was sort of imprinted on me through my childhood than most people should ever, you know, be able to wrap their heads around. So I'm living proof. I got the hero's journey working for me, but also here's something that I, I, I really think is true and important to your question. Um, a good coach, a good teacher is not going to have a one size fits all approach, right? So I've got a kind of, let's hypothetically markets you and I working together, right? Let's just say that as a handy example, I've got to have a sense of the baseline of who Mark is. What his worldview is, what his beliefs are, what his fears are, you know, all that stuff. And then <clears throat> with some sort of intuition and some nuance and some finesse, I'm going to try to create a reframe that works for your worldview. So in, in other words, I need to be inside your head a little bit. There is no one size fits all. That's interesting. So that that's that's great, actually, because... I think that that's that's one of the big worries when someone, um, let's say you read books on this subject or you watch videos or tutorials or you just get on, you know, whatever, you, someone tells you how it's worked for them. The big worry is that you always have to benchmark yourself against their version of it. And I, mm. I, I often find that with books, you know, when you read these business books, the entrepreneur books, it's very much about how it worked for the person that is writing the tale, you know, the <laughs> author's success story. Yeah. And he, it's so difficult to step away from that and try and not, even if you can take the lessons from it, you're always going to measure yourself against that person. So it's, I, I like that you find it important to get deep into the person. Yeah, I find that that's the only sustainable approach. You know, there the, the limitation of words is that there's no way to dis dissociate the words we choose individually to get a point across from our personal experience. Yeah. In other words, it's exactly what you're talking about. An author is no matter how much they want to help you, they are choosing words that reflect their own personal experience. And you will not necessarily, well, not everyone will be able to relate to that. Now, that's one of the uh, the deeper psychology pieces in this whole idea of finding our own tribe, right? In other words, you and I can be saying the same thing, Mark. We uh, Hypothetically, we're not, but we could. We could have the exact same message, the exact same service, but I am going to necessarily represent mine in a way that is sort of true to who I am and represents who I am, whether I like it or not, unless I'm some sort of like you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi copywriter who's only just tested and split tested everything to death. 
There's going to be me in my message. There's going to be you in your message. And what happens is we capture a certain percent of the population because they relate to the me and my message or the you and your message. And so <laughs> if, you know, I, I suppose that that also carries over into the people that come to work with me already have some sort of a, an affinity to me. But even though that's true, I still need to, I owe them the, the, um, the respect and the honor of getting inside their head a little bit so that I can put things in the way that is most likely to kind of resonate with them, to connect with them. I like the idea of, of having the affinity with you already, because I think, especially in, in certain types of business, it's so important to not just chase the results of the person that you're working with. And actually, you know, if you see someone with a fantastic track record, obviously they're very good at what they do, but it's very easy to feel as if somehow that's not working for me. Like, why is this person supposedly so good? And it's actually because there is no affinity there. You've not got that personal connection. So I think obviously in something like this, it's so important to not just look at the results, but actually, can I do this with this person? Because it's not, it's not superficial, is it? It's deep stuff, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not superficial. You know, not even any of the paragons of any industry will work for everyone. And in, in a lot of cases, um, I believe that the paragons have to an extent become really good with their message, meaning that their message is crafted in such a way that it will have the widest appeal to their narrow audience. Right. So it, <laughs> that, that whole piece is kind of a, uh, it, it's a bit slippery, but, um, I've always stuck to just try to be, and I hate this word now because authentic is the new BS, but try to be as authentic as I can, you know? Um, and we all know about that, but really, really doing it, not from a marketing perspective, but from a perspective of like, I know how I affect people. Many people love me. Like they, they have, I have this ability with people for whatever reason that oftentimes people will line up behind me after just having met me. But the other side of it is that some people cannot stand me, right? <laughs> it's just, there's very little in between with me. And I think that that's a good thing, but the people that can't stand me really can't stand me. Oh, I'm that guy as well. And uh, so yeah, naturally, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but so naturally I don't want to serve those people, right? They're, they're better suited to someone else, you know? And so the whole purpose of this authenticity that we sort of over discuss in the, uh, in the world of entrepreneurship is, it's just that it's to be the clearest beacon you can to the people that are going to get the most from, from working with you, being exposed to you, to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You, you've got to have that as a person that is going to serve other people, you've got to have the willingness to say no to the people that you know, you just can't help. And it's not necessarily, you just can't help them, but actually they can probably get so much more from the same time investment and frankly, the same financial investment elsewhere with someone they do have this affinity with. And the, 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 there's a lot of confidence in that. There's a lot of confidence in being able to say to someone, do you know what? 
we could probably get so far with this and we you, you probably will see some results but actually you know what you this is probably not quite right for you and you know because it, again yeah. back to this idea of it being so personal and it, it really is you know the things that we're talking about today are deeply personal and uh, the effectors are you know things that happen in 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 younger life and You've got to be willing to open up, and you're never going to do that with someone that you just don't have that connection with. So I, I do think that's so important. And Manny, what I'd love to do now is actually shift a gear. So for someone that is feeling unstuck, so for someone that can relate to everything that we've spoken about today, I know you've put together three fantastic actionable tips. So if we may, sir, let's dig into actionable tip number one. Sure. So when we're talking about getting unstuck – Right. Actionable tip number one is action. I'm just going to let that sit for just a second. We get too caught up in analysis. Right. And so it turns into analysis paralysis. And I will tell you this uh, with the with the exception of some sort of catastrophically bad judgment, um, imperfect action is better than no action. You know, there's. There's nothing that will sort of get things moving more than just get thing, getting things moving. So if you're stuck, let's say um, it's better to try a bunch of things that don't work than it is to sit on the couch and ponder. You know, just try I, I'm something. not sure if I'm. Yes. Yes. Try something. Um, it's just like how in. In creating products, you know, speed to market beats perfection every time. So, so one thing is get in action for, for God's sakes, you know, if you, if you need to get unstuck, you've got to do something Yeah, and we can easily get caught up in this idea of sort of confusing thinking about doing things with actually doing things, you know, and especially entrepreneurs know this. So that would be like actionable tip number one. Um, actionable tip number two, in my opinion, exercise. Like I'm just such, you know, I mentioned earlier in the in the interview, um, I put on 55 pounds. That was all from exercise. None of that was bonbons or ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, it clears your head. It makes your endorphins right. It elevates your mood. It's just... It should be a cornerstone for you and it will funnel into in, in sort of uh, nebulous ways. It will funnel into and support your imperfect action. It'll make it closer to perfect. Not really sure how that works. I just know that it does, you know, and then the third actionable tip is you got to connect with other people. You've got to talk to other people. And I don't mean superficial. I mean, you know, when you're stuck in something, seek help, seek help from others. You know, it doesn't mean you have to listen to everything everybody says to you because you'll probably get 80% garbage, 20% value. But again, it's this idea of the difference between, you know, sort of being in the thinking phase and taking, getting yourself moving, right? So do something exercise, reach out. I guess there's my actionable tips. <laughs> Love that. Do something, exercise and reach out. I can stand by all of those because I've tried each and every one of them and it's become a bit of a, each one of those has become a mainstay in actually my business life and my personal life. So Manny, I, I, I'm on board with all of those. So thanks so much for that. And 
I can't believe it. We've been talking for almost 30 minutes. Time flies when you're having fun, especially with the dulcet tones like yours. I might, might get some of that coaching myself. I've got the... Uh, Got a high pitched northern <laughs> British accent, which is not the best. <laughs> it's been fantastic talking I'm, to you. <laughs> I'm here for you if you need me, buddy. <laughs> That's what I like, honestly. That's what I like. I'll be in touch. <laughs> you guys will notice a big palpable shift in the podcast. It will just get better after I've spoken to Manny. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. And we are going to stick a pin in it, sir. But before we do, where is the best place for people to connect with you online, please? Sure. So please reach out to me at one of two places. You can go to thesteepside.com. That's thesteepside.com. Or if you're specifically interested in learning more about the art and science of charismatic presentation and speaking, come and join. Knock on the front door of my closed Facebook group. It's called Charismatic Beasts. Charismatic Beasts. It is the location, the online sort of uh, destination for up and coming and current professional public speakers. Love it. What a fantastic name. Charismatic Beasts. We'll get a link to that in the show notes, guys. It is over on Facebook and the steepside.com. But don't worry, if you've missed anything, we'll get everything in the show notes. Don't fret about that. So, Manny, thank you so much, sir. That's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to it for a long time, buddy. Likewise, likewise, and it really is good to catch up. Guys, don't forget, as I mentioned, everything that Manny and myself have spoken about will be available at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, there's a whole myriad of fine, fine, actionable content for you as a small business owner or wannabe entrepreneur. So please dig in, get your fill, and if it helps you, just tell someone. Tell someone how it works helped you that's the biggest compliment you can play so thank you so much for that and guys thanks for spending 30 minutes with us until next time don't forget the more you expect from yourself the more you will excel adios adios